Acts chapter 17. I want to say thank you to Tommy Fountain for filling the pulpit last Sunday. He does so and always does admirably and brings the word in an appropriate fashion. And then thanks to Jonathan Tolbert for helping Wednesday night. He delivered an exposition of Matthew 6, uh, unparalleled, uh, I hear, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Thank you for your prayers. As I was with a former student in an evangelistic crusade in Kentucky, and um, the time was very, very well uh, spent. Um, we have an important occasion to celebrate today, uh, and that is the ministry of A.B. and Deb Sawyer, and we will do that immediately after the service in a reception in our newly opened fellowship hall. And we're uh, grateful, very grateful for that. We want to invite you to be a part of that, but uh, I realize uh, the time that we have this morning but in our worship, the Word of God gets first uh, and high priority. And so we'll take our time, appropriate time, looking at this message today in Acts chapter uh, 17. If for some reason you find uh, you have an emergency and it's necessary to leave, can I, uh, we, first I want to say that's uh, understandable. Uh, that happens on occasion, and we certainly understand that there are folks that have needs that arise, uh, sometimes even medication needs. Some take those on a schedule. I want to ask you to do that today and uh, every Sunday afterwards, right after I preach the message and pray. Uh, not, not during the invitation, when others can see you, but during the time of prayer, and that would be a great help and service to all of us. Houdini was the great escape artist, and he escaped from all sorts of impossible circumstances and situations. But one time, uh, he was arrested in Scotland and placed in a Scottish jail. And while there, he tried to escape. He got out of his uh, handcuffs rather quickly, uh, which would be unusual to be put in handcuffs in a jail, but they uh, figured that might uh, help secure him. But then he tried to open or unlock the door and get out. And he pressed and pushed and did everything he could to exhaustion and could not get the lock open. Finally, he leaned up against it and it just opened up. What he didn't realize is that the jailer had not closed or locked the door at all. Well, I think sometimes it's very wise and very helpful for us to examine our assumptions. Uh, one of the assumptions that we have had in churches like Baptist churches and free churches, what we call them uh, in the ecclesiastical spectrum of churches, is the idea of church membership. Someone has asked me recently a very good question that has caused me to examine this, and that is, why do Baptist churches have membership and other churches do not? So I've put my thought and my research and study to that, and I want to answer that question uh, this morning. Why do we insist people join a church, take a formal step to become a member of a local church? Uh, there are other churches that don't expect that. People just attend, they show up, they do what they do, and they just sort of um, uh, assimilate into the body. I don't mean to criticize those, and I hope you won't hear me uh, do that this morning. There's many admirable folks that are part of uh, such movements. But in Baptist churches, we have a membership, and we officially, intentionally, purposefully join, and I expect we'll maintain that down through the years. I, I do not want to change that, and I want to explain why. The New Testament records that Christians in the first century actually joined churches, and that resulted in the activity of God in himself uniting them with churches. 
And so that is to say, every person, and I'm selecting my words carefully here, every person should join a church, a worthy New Testament church. And there are several elements I want you to consider this morning with that. First, the reasons for joining. There are, first of all, biblical reasons. The Scripture assumes all Christians will join a church. And there are two words in the New Testament that direct us to that conclusion. One is joined, and the other is added. Uh, The meaning of the word joined is to glue together, to cement, or to cleave. Acts chapter 17, verse 4. If you're there, I want you to read it with me. Some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of devout Greeks joined Paul and Silas. Acts 17, 34. Some men joined him and believed. Now, it's remarkable. Whenever we join a church, we're really joining one another. We're uniting and cementing ourselves to one another. We are cleaving to one another. And it's interesting to me that they joined Paul and they joined Silas and they they joined the leaders and they joined the members in uh, the moment when they joined the church. So more than just joining an undefined group of people, they end up joining the people of the church and publicly identified with them. Acts 2.21 indicates that the Lord acts in the act of joining a church. Ephesians 2.11, in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Whenever we join a church, God intervenes and joins us together. So there's a spiritual act, much like what takes place in marriage. Uh, The reason we have the convictions about marriage that we do as a Bible-believing people is that we believe every marriage is a religious ceremony. And that God unites people that are joined in marriage legitimately. And then Ephesians 4.16, For whom the whole body, joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There God acts to join us together when we join a church. Now the second word is the word added, and it's not a complex word, it doesn't need any definition, but Acts 2.41, those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. It's in the passive voice and indicating the act of God. God added them to the body when they were saved and baptized, when they went through steps of membership. Then Acts 2.47, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. When someone joins a church upon salvation and baptism or or some other legitimate means, God acts and unites them to the church. Acts 5.14, And believers were increasingly added to the Lord multitudes of both men and women. Uh, Acts 11.24, a great many people were added to the Lord. So when you join the church, the Lord acts and unites you and adds you to the church. So Scripture assumes that all Christians will join a church. The second is not only biblical reasons, but theological reasons. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 is a fundamental primary text dealing with what we call the priesthood of all believers. In other words, we do not believe in a clergy, lay people split. We believe all Christians are members of the clergy. All Christians are 
uh, ministers. We, we believe that. So we don't have classes of church members, the first class and second class. Uh, we um, uh, are, are not like an Atlanta Braves baseball game where you've got 50,000 people who desperately need exercise watching nine who desperately need rest. We, 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 we're not that way. We, we don't have that. And in churches where you don't have membership, you do have that cleavage by default. And here's why. They reserve leadership training and serious leadership training for those who get into leadership. In a Baptist church like this, if we do things right, we provide that training and those opportunities not only to leaders, but to all members. And so instead of having this division, we take all and elevate them because of verses like 1 uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen generation. You all that compose the membership of the church to whom Peter writes. You all are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And so all believers are priests unto God and priests to the world, not just the clergy. In other words, it's not just the clergy that plays major league ball or NFL football, or NBA basketball. We, we're not just the ones up here with the professionals, and the rest of you, the rest of the members, are in Pee Wee, or Pop Warner, or the minor leagues. Oh no, you're not merely playing with the Columbus Red Sticks and the Knoxville Smokies. The truth is, is that staff do play major league ball. Staff do play professional ball. But so do all the other members. And because of our biblical convictions rooted in 1 Peter 2.9, Exodus 19, Matthew 28, we take all members and elevate them. We expect all members to have the same training, the same dynamism, the same power, the same commitment, and similar ministries as all religious professionals, not just the leaders. All are elevated. And so we don't have that cleavage, and membership prevents that cleavage in a church. Uh, in the bulletin, the worship guide at our former church where we were members in Burleson, Texas, at Cana Baptist Church, uh, we had a statement where we listed our staff. And it said pastoral staff, and it listed the pastor, the music guy, education, and all. And then it said ministers, all members of Cana Baptist Church. And that's what we view that. And so we're not going to develop, at least by default or accidentally, this cleavage between clergy and laity. And uh, so there are theological reasons. Then there's some practical reasons. Third, one is approval. Whenever you become part of the church and you join, you're announcing, I approve of this church. And can I tell you, our people really appreciate that. They do. They get beat down so badly during the week. And they have struggles and troubles with relationships. And whenever you become a part of Beach Haven Baptist Church, you're announcing somewhere in the world people like you. And I'm one of them. Well, that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. Listen, I'm going to start a series of sermons uh, in a, uh, on Mother's Day on the Song of Solomon called Romancing the Home. I'm going to do that. I'm going to preach on everything involved with that. And one of my messages is going to be entitled, The Day I Called My Wife Satan. <laughs> hey, that, I really didn't. I didn't, okay? <laughs> and I don't know any man that has, but you really have to be careful how things come out of your mouth. You really do. So I'm going to preach a message entitled, listen, all those kinds of messages accidentally, inadvertently, and sometimes intentionally make their way into the hearts and minds of people. And whenever you come join Beach Haven Baptist Church, you're saying, I approve of you. But not only that, but when they take you in and accept you, they're announcing, we approve of you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that kind of encouragement on that scale doesn't exist hardly anywhere in all the earth. And it does here. So it accelerates relationships. Now, without membership, you end up isolating yourself. You never get that approval, at least not uh, in a formal way that the church has provided for. Then the second thing is training. We require training of all new members before they actually join. And uh, usually what we do is we will uh, meet here at the church or meet at my home for a meal, and we end up taking you through a training opportunity so that you know what you are doing. We want church meaningful to be dynamic. We want it to be meaningful. We want it to be uh, for life as well. The, the third is accountability. Now, we expect when you become a part of Beach Haven Baptist Church that if you stray, you're going to be very patient and desirous, in fact, of us if we come say a word to you and help to get you back in line. And we do that here at Beach Haven Baptist Church. Most of you never know about it because we do it right. We do it privately and informally, carefully, sometimes subtly. But that's what we do with the church because we all know that our hearts are prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And sometimes we have a hard time saying to the Lord, take my heart, Lord, take and seal it for your courts above. We have a hard time with that. And so we'll counsel each other. We'll steer each other. So it's an expectation, but it's also a promise. Most likely, if you join Beach Haven Baptist Church, you're not going to cause any difficulties or problems. But once in a while, you'll run into people who are having a bad day. They got up on the wrong side of the bed. And whether it's right or left, it's the wrong side for them, okay? That's the way it is. I want to promise you, you join Beach Haven Baptist Church, and we will make sure people don't mess with you, at least on a continual basis. We are not the church for jerks at Beach Haven. Every community's got one. They all congregate there. They give pastors, staff, and members fits. They run off new people. This is not that church. This is not that church. And let me say, if you've got any intention coming in and you know, being a problem, this is not the church for you. I can point you to one or two, but not here. We don't do that here. We act like Jesus and we grow in Christ's likeness and if we struggle with it, then, then we're humble about it, we ask for help and we move forward and we move on. Another reason happens to be our church vision. We believe in magnifying Christ by building all the peoples, everyone in our community, whether they're wealthy or poor, whether they're Hispanic or Anglo, African American or Asian, doesn't matter who they are, we believe in building all the peoples, magnifying Christ by building all the peoples of the Athens region into what we call great commissionaries. People who love to make disciples, who love baptism, who love to obey everything Jesus commanded, and that's where our heart and soul is. And we do that together. Listen, if you stay isolated, if you don't join a church, you're not going to get that done. No matter... Despite the fact, in other words, that Jesus commanded us to be involved in His mission. You only do that through a church. You're not going to do that on your own. We only do that through membership in a local church. And we want to invite you to join hands with us to get that done. Reminds me of the African mother who lost her boy in some tall grass one day. She went out looking for him and individuals went out looking for him. And, the next day, and they couldn't find him. The next day, they decided to join hands and comb fields, and finally they found him, but he had died in exposure. And the mother cried out, Oh, if only we had joined hands sooner. We have got a community and a world that desperately needs the Christ we love and know. Will you join with us and do all that we... Listen, we've got to quit complaining about the darkness in the world. It ain't going to help any. 
What we've got to do is join together and move forward to reach people for the Lord. And then giving. If you don't join the church, you'll probably never give, even though the Bible commands it. And so we've got a heart for that. Now, if you, if you haven't joined and you give, thank you for that. We don't expect that. But our members take care of that. But most people who don't join a church don't ever obey the Lord in giving. And so week after week, it's one act of disobedience after another. And it's hard to live in worship that way with constant disobedience. Hey, by the way, you know what? That's why we put the offering, one of many reasons, we put the offering at the end of the service, not right before the sermon. You know why? Because... Whenever we pass the plate right before the sermon, as, we, as churches used to do, you have the largest collective act of disobedience in churches that they ever do. Most people don't give. Right before the pastor preaches. No wonder so many churches are dead and lifeless with that format. We put it at the end where people are more likely to give. So giving. So there are many benefits to joining the church and no benefits to not joining the church. Now, that, that leads me to a second consideration, and that is resistance to joining. Uh, first, there are some mental reasons. Some might say, I don't understand. Well, let me make it real clear to you. We encourage membership in a church because the Scripture teaches it. The Bible stands there with membership in a church. And we assume when you come, become part of Beach Haven Baptist Church that the Bible is your authority. You're not just making this thing up as you go along. You're not living merely by rationalism, trying to figure things out. You start with what the Word of God says, and that's where we're going to start as a church. You want a church like that, this is, this is the one for you. Second, personal reasons. There are some people who won't join a church because they say, well, I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. And you just fill in the blank. I don't like the preaching. I certainly don't like how the pastor looks. I don't like the clothing he wears. I don't like the clothing the minister of music wears. Uh, I don't like the music. I don't like the worship. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. May I give you a few replies? Number one, whoever told you you had to like the church? We're not shaping the church so you'll like it. That's not our job. Because Jesus Christ is Lord over the church. We are shaping the church not so much that you like it, and I hope you do. We're not shaping the church, however, so that you will like it. We're shaping the church so he will like it. And that's where we are. And we're not bending. The, the second reason might be, uh, my, my second reply uh, to that is, whenever you say, I'm not joining because I don't like then you're still in control. You're still in control. Can I tell you, if you're going to live a serious Christian life, you've got to lose control of your life and give it to Jesus. You see, whenever you say, I won't join because I don't like, well, what if Jesus wants you to join? Does Jesus, has to, does Jesus have to placate your likes and dislikes before he can be master over your life? Hey, let me tell you something. If that's the case, you've got bigger problems than joining a church. I don't want to be ugly. We didn't open the doors here today to offend you. But what I want to say is Jesus Christ is to be Master and Lord. If you're going to come become part of Beach Haven, you lose your life. You abandon it. 
You set it aside and you crown Christ as king. And ladies and gentlemen, if, if, if we were to meet in a cave someplace and you didn't like it, and if we taught pickles have souls and you didn't like it, and, and I, I preached from standing on top of my head and you didn't like it, if Jesus wants you to be part of that church, you get out of control, get out of the way, and you join that church. You do what Jesus wants you to do. And the third reply um, I have is this. If you join Beach Haven Baptist Church, you're going to find some things you don't like. i got news for you. You will. But you just do what God wants you to do anyway. Now, th there are some moral reasons why some people may not join a church. They may say, if you knew what was in my life, if you knew how I was struggling, if you knew my secrets, you wouldn't want me in your church. i got news for you. If you'll come humbly before God, repenting of sin, trusting Christ and Christ alone, and you'll render a good faith effort to follow the Lord, Jesus wants you, and if Jesus wants you, Beach Haven wants you. In other words, how in the world could I say no to you when He has not? The only way we would say no to you is if the Lord said no to you. We don't have a right to make this up. We, we can't come up with independent, human-invented standards. We don't do that. We go by the Word of God. So let, let me give you an example. Let's say you're addicted to something. Let me ask you, do, do you believe you've sinned against God? Do you believe Jesus bled for you? Do you believe He rose again? Are you willing to give your life to Him, including your addiction, and trust Him? Then come. Come. But if you're addicted, but if you're addicted and you're not willing to forsake it, you need to wait. You need to take some time and postpone membership. Here's why. James 4, 6. God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So however you're broken, however needy you are, if you're willing to humble yourself before God and make a good faith effort to be victorious, I don't care if you're addicted. I don't care if you're struggling with same-sex attraction. I don't care if you're struggling with... Um, uh, transgender issues, it matters not. You come, we want you. If you're humble before God. If you're humble before God. Now if you're arrogant and proud and you want to start promoting those things as okay, you need to postpone and wait. We don't do that. Because once again, Jesus Christ is Lord according to this book. And this is the filter by which we measure everything. Leadership, membership, etc. That's where we stand. That's where we are. Uh, and, and I'll say to you, that if you're struggling with something, you're probably not going to be victorious until you join a church. A father asked his son to break up some sticks, so his son gathered some sticks, uh, about two dozen of them, and took all two dozen of them and put them over his knee and tried to crack them. And you know what happened, don't you? He bruised his knee terribly. His dad came over and saw him weeping and, and pulled the sticks away from him and took the sticks one by one and broke them one at a time. And that is precisely how Satan ruins a life. If you get isolated, and you're not part of a church, you're going to struggle more than you have ever struggled before. Most people end up being their moral and spiritual worst without membership in a local church. You become part of a local church, I don't care how you're struggling. You come humbly, trusting Christ, surrender to His Word, and you'll be okay here. We want you here. And can I just tell you, most likely, whatever you're struggling with, we got a dozen people here that have struggled with it themselves. 
You need this place, and it's only satanic influences that would keep you from becoming part of Beach Haven. Now, let me talk thirdly about the route to joining. It's a very gracious route, and it's merely biblical. First, surrender. Mark 1.15, Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God and saying, Repent and believe in the gospel. You repudiate what keeps you from Christ and His ways, and you trust that He loves you enough to forgive you, and that He purchased your freedom by dying on the cross and rising again. Oh, it's a remarkable thing to read the New Testament on this. This is why I love to read the Bible. I get so encouraged when I read the Scripture. In John 3, you've got Nicodemus, who's at the very top. He is one of the top of the top. He is the primary teacher and leader in Israel. He sits on a judicial ruling council in Jerusalem, part of the Sanhedrin, and Jesus wins him. He wins the topmost. The next chapter, John chapter 4, he talks to a woman who's had five husbands, and the one she's with now is not her husband. But she gets humble before God. She gets clean. She starts drinking deeply of living water, and Jesus wins here, her. So in the, in the space of merely two chapters, John 3, John 4, and I hadn't started talking about that thief on the cross, the Jewish terrorist. But in the space of two chapters, he wins the uppermost and he wins the guttermost. There's no humble person here today that can't become a part of Jesus Christ. You come and you surrender to him. And, and that, that is the first prerequisite. And that's why our infants and small children are not members of the church. They're wards, but they're not actually members of the local church because they have not personally decided to receive Christ as Savior. That's why we don't baptize them at that age. Only until they've received Christ as Savior, we believe that uh, baptism and church membership has to be their decision. Uh, and, and I'll just say to you, a mouse can be in a cookie jar, but it doesn't make him a cookie, Right? Well, the same is true with people. You need to be converted and come to Christ by surrender first to His gospel, and then you become part of the church. Second, immerse, immersion. You need to be baptized by immersion. That's the biblical approach and the only biblical approach. There are sweet people who do it differently, but we have never felt authorized as a people to change the approach of the candidates for baptism. We're not the Lord. And Jesus said and taught, baptize, immerse believers only after their a conversion. Matthew 28, 19. Make disciples of all nations, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that I have, uh, have uh, taught you. Um, when you're baptized, you become part of this team, and baptism puts on the team's uniform. Now, I'm in University Georgia Bulldog territory. My favorite team is the Texas A&M Aggies recent interlopers into the SEC wealth, right? They haven't always done very well. Haven't always done very well. I have some significant person in my life who is attached to me who is a University of Tennessee fan and demonstrates it nearly every day with orange. Don't get too excited. And yet, because of our history and love for these particular schools, we demonstrate that. I've got several Texas A&M hats. I'm teaching my sons to love A&M, uh, keeping them from distortions of the other SEC schools, and she's trying to teach the girls love for the University of Tennessee, despite the fact that we are in red and black territory. Ladies and gentlemen, if we can do that with something silly like the SEC, we can surely do that with baptism and follow Christ in baptism. I remember my pastor told me, he said, look, if I was to go join a church somewhere, I've already been saved and baptized in biblical order, but if they wanted me to be immersed again and God wanted me there, I'd do it. You just do what God wants you to do. Then training. 
We'll put you through new member training. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, uh, Paul said, The things you've heard and seen in me, in the presence of many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will teach others also. And that's what we do. We'll take about an hour, two hours to train you in what it means to be a meaningful church member. And then you need to embrace our church covenant and doctrinal statement that is found in our Constitution and Bylaws. That's where we stand. And that's what Israel did all throughout Deuteronomy in Joshua chapter 24. One church had it right in its church sign that it announced to the community one week. On the church sign it read, Church, one place where you can't be too bad to come or too good to stay out. And that's exactly what a local church is. You're not so good that you don't need a church. You need a church. But you're not so bad that you can't come. If you'll meet the Lord's demand, surrender to His gospel, Follow him in baptism by immersion. Go through new member training and embrace our church doctrinal statement and church covenant. Please, by all means, come. These are gracious, gracious terms. And I want you to pray with me about it as you stand real quickly. And let's talk to God. Lord, we want to thank you for today, for representing yourself by the church. The love of the church that I've seen through my years, O oh God, has moved my heart. The sacrifice has met my needs. The service has brightened my eyes. And the missionaries you've sent have given me hope for the future. And you have produced enough through churches that I've seen that it puts me and so many of us in awe of you. They remind us of you. And I want to pray for our friends today that you would clear all obstacles to joining today. Help our friends trust you enough to join and meet your biblical demand. We bless you for it. Now, as you keep talking to God, there may be several decisions some of us need to make. One is to receive Christ as Savior. We invite you to come, and we want to help you with that. Would you come? Our staff will be here. We'll be glad to counsel you, one of our, our staff or our deacons. We want to make sure that before you ever become part of Beach Haven, that you know Christ. That's the most important thing. Maybe you have, and you need to follow him in baptism. Would you come? We'll be glad to do that. Our service has made that obvious today. Some of you have already done that, but you need to become part of Beach Haven. Maybe you're a member of another church. We'll, um, we'll request your membership from them. Maybe they don't exist anymore. That happens often, and you can come by statement. There's a way to get you in. Don't let that get in the way. Some of you may need to rededicate yourself and recommit yourself to Christ as you come. We want to encourage you to come as well. But we want to meet your need and help you in every way that we can so that you can follow Jesus to the maximum and the fullness. And we're going to sing a song after I finish my prayer, and we're going to ask you to come. Lord God, we pray that you would do a neat work in the hearts and lives of friends here today and help friends do your will in joining the church, whatever it takes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You sing. Let's come. Precious cornerstone, sure found.